0: With 91 surviving episodes broadcast on NBC Radio from 1934 to 1957, we bring to you Lights Out. Good evening, this is Van Cristo. Welcome to the Van Cristo Radio Theater. Tonight, we present another of the radio plays of Arch Obeller, the famed writer and producer of Lights Out. These collected plays, presented under the title of The Devil and Mr. O, represent radio drama at its finest. This is the theater of your mind, where you are about to enter the zero dimension. There are no boundaries or time limits here, only the depths of your own imagination. And now, to tell you about tonight's program... Here is Mr. O.
1: This is Mr. O. Arch Obor. Have you ever wanted to turn time backwards to a pleasanter era, back to the days long before ticking atom bombs and air pollution and the inbred madness of our cities? Well, our story begins after a word from your announcer.
0: The most natural.
1: This is Mr. O again. Now picture this in your mind. We're in the Dordogne region in France. Beside a road shimmering in the heat of the midday sun stands a large, dusty limousine. The lid to the engine is open, and a begrimed little Frenchman tinkers with the mechanism. Within the car sits an Englishwoman, Kay Stanton, my name. and Next to her is Jim Brenton, American, a member of our own State Department's Diplomatic Corps. By the way, if you haven't turned out your lights yet, turn them out now and listen to Neanderthal.
2: I want, Monsieur?
3: are Aren't you clever with engines?
2: Oh, I think I will rest a moment and talk with you. Oh, this sun! It is doing its best to pry the little brains I have left. Oh, dear. Come on, get in. Geoffrey was worried about your ability to fix the engine. Ah, most comfortable. You should try working with your hands, my dear Geoffrey. It gives one a most exquisite appreciation of the comforts above upholstered seats. Sorry I'm such a guarded machinery. Now, yeah,
3: now, Jeffrey, don't be so stuffy. Claude's much too primeval in his ways to be subtle. He thought you ought to help fix the engine and be shouting the fact at the top of his voice.
2: Not at the top, my dear, but perhaps in the middle the register. Oui, Kay, as usual, you are right. I like all knowledge of the diplomatic art. If I do not like what a man is doing, I am forced to say so abruptly and completely... What an advantage you men of the diplomatic service have over we other poor mortals, my dear Geoffrey. Sorry, but I'm much too warm at the moment to think you're very funny.
3: <laughs> oh, you too. The minute you get together, the great battle of words begins. Aggressiveness versus diplomacy. The
2: financier versus the diplomat. <laughs> As the Americans say, bury the hatchet, my friends. Uh, I- I'm afraid Mr. Wallace will never appreciate my virtues. He likes men who sit around green tables and talk. I, on the other hand, do not like sitting. I do. The um, diplomatic way of getting things done is the only civilized way. And again, monsieur, I must beg to disagree. There comes a time when if a thing is to be done, one must do it. And diplomacy, how do you say it, be hanged? Hmm. The philosophy of ruthlessness. Caveman philosophy. What do we know of cavemen? I know that a ruthless aggressiveness may reap temporary rewards, but those rewards that have come in a far greater and more permanent have resulted from the use of a civilized code, a friendly exchange, calm consideration of facts, the the, the ethical way of life. The ethical way of life. I tell you this. All, all
3: right, th- gentlemen, it's just about enough of that for one day.
2: <laughs> so sorry, a thousand <laughs> pounds, by the way. Are you certain it will run, Runner? In my simplicity, I know but one way to find out, and that is to try and start it.
3: Voila. Clever Claude, isn't he, Jeffrey?
2: Let's hope it continues to run. Oh,
3: charming thought. Let's be on our way, Claude, before we fall apart. Listen, Mum. We're very late, Claude, so speed's
2: the word. Right. The sooner we get out of this country, the better I like it. Why do you say that? Oh, I don't like this place. Gives me the chills.
3: The sun doing its best to par boiler.
2: What are you talking about? I'm not talking of temperatures. I'm talking of atmosphere. These forests and hills. Whenever I travel through here, I feel as if I were passing through a place old beyond decay. That is amazing.
0: Hmm?
2: What do you mean? Because what you say of this country we are passing through, you speak profound truth. Truth? We are at Le Moustier. Le Moustier? We. Oui. Does that mean nothing to you? No, oh, nothing. Not to me either. Le Mystère, the Mysterian period. The dawn of mankind. The Neanderthal man. Me? You mean here? We. Oui. Here. In this country, which you say is old beyond the cave, were founded Neanderthaloid skeletons. What you call cavemen. Men from the dawn of man's antiquity. Claude, are you serious? Some of the finest specimens of Neanderthaloid skeletons have been discovered in the caves right in this region. Really? It is unfortunate we are in such a hurry, or we could stop, perhaps, and see a few of the caves where the excavation have been made by the anthropologists. We haven't time for that sort of thing. I said as much. Claude. So I was saying, the anthropologists have found the most wonderful remains of this early species of man who are said to be the source of the horrible ogres in our fairy tales.
3: (laughs) What are you talking about? Silly nonsense. Yes, God. How could anyone possibly know after 50,000 years what this Neanderthal caveman looked like?
2: Well, that is simple. From the peculiarities of the skeletons that have been found, it is simple to reconstruct the physical appearance of the race. Really? I remember hearing the hands and feet were very large, the thigh bones curved so that the men walked like apes. (laughs) Teeth and jaws are large. Enormous brow is resulting in a fierce, horrible expression. Oh, how nice. Oh, no, no. They were men and not men. Horrible characters. Kay, would you mind telling your erudite friend to step on the accelerator? we have got to be at Monet within two hours. We'll never get there at the pace he's driving. And Kay, would you tell your impatient compatriot that I drive as fast and in the matter that pleases me alone? Would you tell him that?
3: course! Look out, the road's blocked. Don't swing your wheel, you fool. The, the not is something as wrong I like can. The cliff. Hang. Oh. Jeffrey, please open your eyes. Oh. Jeffrey, please open your eyes. I'm so frightened, I don't know what. Okay. Oh. Oh, thank god you're alright.
2: You, yeah. you're alright.
3: Oh, yes, I'm alright, but, but Claude, I don't know where he is.
2: The cliff. We went over.
3: We were thrown clear, I guess. The cars over there, it all broken up. But Claude, I, I can't see him.
2: Yeah, help me out.
3: Oh, oh, what is it, Jeffrey?
2: Oh, my arm. Oaken, I guess.
3: Oh, Jeffrey.
2: <laughs> oh, I'll be all right. I'm lucky to be alive.
3: I don't understand going over that horrible cliff. And Claude.
2: Back here. In the brush. Oh, come ahead. Well, what's the matter? Are you hurt? My, my knee. Hey
3: are you all right? Oh, yes, Claire. All right. Stay where you are. We'll come to you.
2: Oh, we'll
3: come to you. Don't
2: move. Oh. Sorry, God. I have to get oh. my new bandage. It is all right. A little pain is better than oblivion. Oh, sorry, I can't be of any help, old man. There's a blasted arm of mine. It is all right, my friend. Kay is doing excellently.
3: Cold it is.
2: We oui. That wind. Freezing. What how could that be? In the middle of July. Of course. Jeffrey,
3: what is this? The car goes over a cliff. We don't die. A warm, sunny day, and now suddenly it's like winter. What is this? Tell me what is this?
2: Steady, we oui. there must be some logical explanation. I know this country, like you say, like the back of my hand. There is never such cold wind here in July. I tell you, oh! oh Claude, you shouldn't try to get help. I. Oh, yeah. I'm all right. Oh, we've we've got to get help somehow. No. No. All I want now is a cigarette. No, I haven't any. Oh, there's there some in the side pocket of the car. I'll get. Them.
3: No, 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 Jeffrey, I'll get. But you. You feel? can't go through the bushes with that arm of yours. I'm all right. I. I'll, I'll be right back. Hey, okay. hey, wait. I'll be back in a minute.
2: This infernal knee. You better sit quietly. Quietly, quietly. It is not in my nature to be quiet. A stick. Get me a stick. I'm not going to lie here the rest of my life. Get me a stick for a crutch and knife. Wait, wait. Wait a minute. But I tell you. Wait, I tell, I tell you. There's someone coming. Kay? No? No, other direction. But I do not see. There, over there to the right. There, yeah, don't you see? The bushes are being there. Yes. yes, I see. Some peasant will give us assistance. We... Oui. Now everything will be all right. Of course. Oh, there we are. He's in the clearing. Now he... Who oh. oh. oh, is that? Oh, no. God. Oh, am I mad? This cannot be. He... Oh. He's looking at me. God. Yes. Oh, you do not understand. Understand, understand what? Talk up. Did you do not see him as I saw him? The short hairy twisted body, the head crossed forward, the neck bent like an ape, those enormous brow ridges, broad flat nose. You did not recognize. Well, well. Once, in your own British museum, I saw a reproduction of a man like that. Huh? Hmm? But never did I think that I would see him in life. I tell you, speak. Who was he? Who? The man of the cave. In the end of the yeah. Are you insane? Why, the race is extinct 50,000 years. I tell you only what I saw, what I know. And I tell you, you're a man. But you saw as I did. No. The thick, hairy body. The short, ape-like limb. That misshapen face like, like something out of a nightmare. Yes. A nightmare of 50,000 years ago. A caveman comes out of the past. No, no, stop talking like that. It can't be, I tell you, it can't be. He's some madman wandering these forests, Oh, all. Why? Cavemen died here 50,000 years ago. The past doesn't come back, I tell you, it doesn't. Why? Gloria. Eh? Kay. Oh, Kay. Kay. Kay, Kay, Kay where you? are you? Kay, where are you? Kay! I'm...
1: Now a word from your announcer before we return to the excitement of Neanderthal. Ben today you'll be glad you did. This is Mr Owensmore. Let's go back to our story of Neanderthal. An auto wreck somewhere in France, and out of the past has come a man of the caves, a creature supposedly extinct for fifty thousand years. The Frenchman Claude believes that this has happened, but the American Jim Brand does not. Now the two men are searching for the third member of their party. The English woman was suddenly disappeared. We give you again, Neanderthal.
2: Well, it's nonsense, I tell you. Hallucination. Eh? Yes. Yes, hallucination. Driving along, we were talking about the Neanderthal. man. So when we saw that hairy peasant, we immediately took for granted that, well, here was one of the Neanderthal come to life. I tell you, the air was hazy, huh? Unnerved, uh, huh? We saw things that don't exist. Why, why is it so bitter cold? That, at least, is reality. Uh, keep moving. So, uh, I'll answer my own question. It is bitter cold because time has moved back to the third interglacial age. Ah! You do not believe the evidence of your senses. Yet perhaps you will believe that, that is a campfire up ahead. It is a fire. Here, quickly, René. Oh, quickly. Uh. Can't you hobble faster? Kay, we'll get who's ever there to help us find Kay. Come, hurry, Benet, hurry. Hurry. It, it's the one we saw, alright. Keep your voice down. He will hear us. What, what manner of man is he? Time and time again I have told you. But he, he and all like him have been dead 50,000 years. You said that yourself. Dead don't come back to life. We have come into his life. Not he into ours. Kay. Keep your voice down. Oh, but Kay. She is not there. You can see for yourself. Well, then she's lost. She's wandering around. Keep here. your voice down. I warn you. Lunatic, savage, whatever he is. Perhaps he's seen Kay. Get down, you fool. No, no. I'm going to talk to him. Stay down. Hey. Sorry. Hey, you up there. Look. We, uh, we want to talk to you. You fool. You fool. What have you done? See, he's... He's coming this way. Uh. I'll settle this. Oh, you. While we were on scene. We had a chance to plan to do... No. No. Don't talk with him. I I was in West Africa for two years. I know how to deal with savages. Look at him. You think there is even a, a savage? Mm. He stopped. Wait of us. He's the ugliest beggar I've ever seen. Friends, old man. See? Friends. Look look, money. I bring you money and pretty things. Mon oh, Dieu, what a fool. World of money for him. Jeffrey, look out. Yes, let me go, you yes, yes, I tell you Jeffrey, I can't ah, help you. Oh, do, do not try to hold back your tears, my friend. That devil. I never realized before what pain the human mind could endure. But why did he do this to me? Why do you ask the wolf why it kills? Oh, killing would be one thing, but once I uh, I saw a gypsy break the wings of a wild bird. Oh, oh. Uh, I never thought that the time would come in my life when I couldn't reason something out. But this, this is beyond reason. Thrown into a cave like a side of beef to wait wait for what? What? My oh, already... only... Already... Wait. What? Someone is coming. I heard. I hear nothing. Listen. A woman. Kay. Catherine. Is that you? Kay. Answer. Oh, Jeffrey. Oh, okay. you. Kay. You.
3: Oh, Catherine, are you all right? Kay, where were you? No, no, you. Are both of you are all right?
2: Oh, we're all right. We don't matter. You. Are you all right? It's so dark in here. Are you all right? Tell me. Catherine, you... It is you that matters.
3: What? Happens? No, no, listen. There's so little time. Eh?
2: What?
3: He's busy building up a fire. There's a chance that we run quickly.
2: Run quickly? He's come. We... We're not at liberty to go, my dear. Why? A matter of broken bones. Oh, no. That is the way it is.
3: Tell me what happened. Geoffrey, you... Claude, you... Tell me what happened to us. That old... Who is he? Is he really a Neanderthal?
2: There is no doubt.
3: But men like that have been dead for centuries. How did this happen? Why are we here?
2: When the automobile went over the cliff, we went into another dimension of time. What?
3: I don't understand.
2: And I, too, understand it. But can it be that it bends in time static things, that everything which occurred... Remains in existence as life moves on further along the the corridor of time.
3: Then you mean when the automobile went over the cliff, in some way we went back into time instead of forward.
2: We oui. no, no, that's impossible. Things exist when they exist, not afterwards. No. Now there's a there's a factual explanation to all this. Factual is not the pain of our bones. Fact enough is enough. Wait. What is it? A chant of some sort.
3: Why is he...
2: What is he saying? What? A beginning of worship. A chant to the rising sun.
3: What is happening to us?
2: Only a few hours
3: ago. So happy the three of us. On our way to a party. Parties?
2: Another age. We've got to do something strange. What? Only a few hours ago, I was the blue, and you, Jeffrey, the calm, poised diplomat of the Green Table. Stop talking nonsense! What? He's coming in here for us. We we've got to do something. Do you hear me? Do something. I won't die. I, I can't die. Do you hear me? Do something. I won't die like this. I can't. Jeffrey. I'm sorry. I never could endure pain. We understand. Jeffrey.
3: Try not to think, dear. All
2: my life, I've... I've known what to say. And now...
3: Oh, Jeffrey. No.
2: Let me talk. While I can talk, I'm a man. And I won't be a man when he gets in here. If I had a gun. A world of reason. And that's what it was to me. And everything could be settled with reason. In a world of reason. If I had a gun. Everything could be out at the conference table. Uh, that's what I thought. All my life, it would be that way. All my life. But you see, that's because I've never met force in all my life. If I had a gun. But you can't reason with unreason, can you? When you're facing brute force, words and ethics and logic and good faith don't mean anything, do they? If I had no. a No, you've got to face force with force. And a gun is force. And I've got a gun. Jeffrey! Thought of the t- yes, yes, I tell you, I've got a gun. Diplomatic service. They made me carry it. Oh, I hated it. I thought I'd never use it, but now we've got to, don't we? We've got to. Oh, he's coming in here. God, your right arm, all right. Reach in my pocket yeah. The gun, use it, use it. But I, I use it if we're to live, use it. Jeffrey, oh. it's reaching. Come on, go I... My hands I can't all right
3: then. I will shoot you. So is it morning? We now
2: we go on living. Something may happen to return us to where we belong.
3: I don't think so.
2: Nor I. Perhaps we will be able to leave some record behind us so that the world of the future will know and understand this strange thing that has happened, this meeting of the present and the past.
3: Geoffrey. Don't just dare. It's over. Talk to us.
2: I was thinking. I just killed a man. Yet it's 50,000 years before I was born.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard a fantasy, just a story about a long time ago world where brute and unreasoning force were the order of the day and men were afraid until they found deep courage within themselves. Yes, what you heard was just a fantasy. But think about it in terms of what happened in the recent past of our world and what might happen in the very near future. Think about it. But let's talk more about that after a word from your announcer. This is Mr. O again. We were talking about the future, alright? Let's talk about our future play. Of all the stories out of my writing past, the one that many people ask me about is the very strange story titled The Revolt of the Worms. Yes, worms. Those little night crawlers on your lawn, those strange slimy creatures of the dark who plowed under the land long before mankind ever invented the plow. So, next week I bring you The Revolt of the Worms, and I challenge you to listen.
3: It is later
1: than
0: you think. That's our story for tonight. I hope you enjoyed it and will join us again as we travel through the zero dimension in the theater of your own imagination. So until we meet again next week, when I bring you another story in the night, this is Van Crystal reminding you that the extent of your own imagination is unlimited. One purpose of these programs is to help you exercise those imaginative powers. I hope we've succeeded. Good night. That concludes today's episode.